The Church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, is blessed to bring you this Bible study program, Shi'ar Jashub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be listening to the conclusion of a sermon in my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo's series on heavenly authority. The message completes our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where Paul gives direction for the gifts of prophecy and tongues in the church. Last time, Pastor had read verse 33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Pastor Greg discussed that word confusion, or tumult, and the character problems evident from the rest of the epistle which this church at Corinth was having. And when we left off, he had turned to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In verse 19, Again, do you think that we excuse ourselves to you, Paul writes? We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, beloved, for your edification. He, you know, it's like a, he's got to repeat the word over and over for them to get it, the purpose of it. For I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, and I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be, or I fear there may be, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults, akatatasia, the same word, confusion. Confusion results from envy, self-seeking, and this church that is has an abundance, we envy the way the gifts of the Holy Spirit are falling on these people. They are so filled, he says, you lack no gift, and yet in themselves, though they're anointed outwardly, in themselves they have a lot of problems. And he's trying to bring them to a state of maturity, and it's not an easy thing, because you don't want to speak against the workings of the Lord, and yet they receive a working of the Lord, but then they use it like a child. They're not mature in their understanding. And he says, I fear I find these things when I come to you, outbursts of wrath, jealousies, contentions, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults, confusion, confusion. God is not the author of tumults, of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. This is the mark of a true, true Christian church. There is no different rules. You can't say, well, this church is called, we tend, we tend to be this way, and that church tends to be that way. Paul doesn't allow it. He says, as in all the churches of the saints, the same rules for everyone. God wants peace. He wants order. He wants calm. He does not want confusion. Power of the Holy Spirit, Paul is speaking here. He starts this whole thing in chapter 12, right? The gifts of the Spirit, the offices of the Spirit, right? He wants them to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. None of this makes Paul say, well, we don't want that in our church. 
He wants them to have the power of the Holy Spirit, and he wants them to have the true peace of God. And then you get down to verse 34 about the women in the church in 34 to 36. Now, when we study Deborah in the Old Testament, you remember we spent, the, this is a while back, years back, this has been going on for years, and we spent a number of sermons, they've been on the radio, I have them available on disc form if you'd like them, on the authority God gives to women. And we went ahead at that point because it was connected together, and we went into the New Testament, and we looked at the role of women in the church, and then we dealt with the difficult scriptures, and this was one of them, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 to 36, about the women keeping silence in the church. Uh, it required a lot of background, and I'm not going to attempt to do it again here. It's available if anyone wants to hear it, um, so I won't repeat it again. Suffice it to say that you have brilliant, anointed, godly women like the prophetess Deborah. And then you have some, as it seems that Paul's implying here, that can create, can be sometimes zealous to create disturbances. And their unchecked emotionalism can lead to the disorder that Paul is addressing here. And there's some men that act like the gossiping women also, so that, that helps it along. But sometimes when things get serious, because I guess maybe there's always that fighting aspect involved, men can tend to back off a little. And if you have a woman that's the opposite of the prophet Deborah, you can have arguments building and building and building and emotionalism coming in. And so Paul writes verses 34 to 36. But note, please, if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 4, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head, but every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. Every woman who prays or prophesies. So women clearly prophesy, right? And we know about, the, we, we study the New Testament prophetesses, Anna, the daughters of Philip the Evangelist. Uh, women are called to prophesy. Women can prophesy in the church. What's written in verses 34 to 36 does not preclude women from prophesying in the church. It's right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're studying about the prophet, right? Okay, let's go to verse 37. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. These are not suggestions. These are, he wants everything done orderly to preserve the church. These are the commandments of the Lord. Paul claims inspiration for his words. And if anyone in that church at Corinth thinks themselves a great prophet, thinks themselves a great spiritual person, he says, acknowledge then that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. Verse 38 but if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. If they're going to still be immature, if he doesn't acknowledge they're the commandments of the Lord, he doesn't really know the Spirit of God, he doesn't really know the Lord Jesus Christ the way he should, he's ignorant uh, not to know. He doesn't have knowledge. That word there for ignorant is the negative of the Greek word meaning to exercise the mind, 
to comprehend, to understand, well, this is the negative of that. He doesn't exercise the mind. He doesn't comprehend. He doesn't understand. He's ignorant. And if he is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Now, if you have a translation based on the Alexandrian text, you know, the New King James is the Byzantine text. It's the Texas Receptus, which is one of the Byzantine texts. The Byzantine text, the majority text, read it the way I just read it now. If you have an Alexandrian text, like the NIV, uh, it says something to the effect uh, saying that if he doesn't know or he doesn't recognize, he himself will not be recognized. He will be ignored. Very slight difference in meaning. But I bring it up just in case you have a, you're reading something that comes off the Alexandrian text. What is the conclusion? Verse 39, verse 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Not just a little bit. Earnestly desire to prophesy. And do not forbid to speak with tongues. Now, I don't know how churches that believe the Spirit of God, the gifts of the Spirit of God have passed away. I don't know how they deal with verse 39. You see how I have a hard time keeping really anybody happy, right? Because I'm talking about the regulations that Paul, the regulations, right? Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Let him acknowledge what I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. So I don't make the hyper-Pentecostals happy, and I don't make the Baptist non-Pentecostals very happy either. I'm in a woeful place. The... Uh, <laughs> oh, my. Um, do not forbid to speak with tongues. It's a commandment of God. Just like the other one, to speak two or three. Do not forbid... What's been taught here in chapter 14 is not to quench the spirit. It's not to put down the gifts. Rather, it's to enable, it's to enable the gifts to function, to produce results. None of this is to push down, to silence the message of God to the congregation. Remember in Jeremiah chapter 20, he said that God's word in his heart can be like a burning fire. Right? We read that several weeks back, a burning fire. And we're called to speak in the anointing of the Holy Spirit when we must speak. But what does it say in verse 40? Let all things be done decently, decently and in order. One speaks about the reality of the power of God in our lives, and the second part speaks about the reality of the changed nature to be made like Jesus Christ. Think of the power the Lord had. Right? The spirit without limit, without measure. Yet he went about all things decently. We're called to be decent people. It means in a fitting way, gracefully, in a seemly manner, proper manner. You know, my friends, you know what's more powerful, more powerful than just fire? Think of a raging fire is very powerful. But controlled, focused fire, hallelujah, is more powerful. When it builds upon itself and it's focused and controlled, it rises up to a pillar of fire. We are 
called to walk in the fire of God, in the controlled fire of God, to be a powerful vessel. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. In understanding, he tells us, be mature. Verse 20. Desire earnestly the gifts. Verse 39. Let all things be done decently and in order. Verse 40. Can you imagine a church like that? The power of God that would be there as people submit themselves to the Holy Spirit, receive the baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and have the nature of Jesus inside themselves to go about those gifts with maturity, decently, and in order. Heavenly Father, we give thanksgiving to you for these instructions, these commandments that the Apostle Paul wrote to edify, to build up the assembly of the church, to build up a house of love in Christ Jesus. And we pray, Father, that your believers would take these words to heart. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can hear hundreds of Bible study programs on our church website at shiarjashub.org. Don't forget to visit us on the Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. We live stream the Sunday message at 10.30 a.m. and then all the programs are up on YouTube to watch 24-7. You can use the link we have placed on the shiarjashub.org homepage. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.